of Ash and Flow. This is Unbillable Hours, a podcast about professional services marketing. Stick around and listen to our insights, tips, and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career. So I'll start us off. I'll say welcome to this new episode of the Unbillable Hours podcast where where ash and i talk about professional service marketing hey ash how are you yeah hey flo and welcome back it's it's that time of the year isn't it flo where we gotta start thinking about things a bit more either yeah. um you know either people have already started their fiscal year or they are about to start their fiscal or year they so. or they have put their plans together hopefully mm -hmm. at this point or you're in <laughs> yeah. the middle of it whatever but sooner or later someone's going to step up to your desk and say how much it's going to cost right and and yeah. then we have budget discussion time which will be the topic for us today building a budget in these times you're you're right in the that's it's that time of the year again but i think it's also slightly more difficult circumstances right i, I don't know what what you're hearing but with the Perma crisis, plural, going on around us. Um, many markets headed for recession or in the middle of it. If you want to have that discussion, I I don't want to. But the just the reality is, budgets are being either cut or frozen. Or there's discussion there's of doing either one. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, yeah like th there's a number of things happening. First of all, budget like there's a recession that's go ongoing in terms of which the amount of spending power for companies as well as individuals are changing there's a massive tech layoffs because of like the changing market situations and stuff i've been literally approached by a number of research firms asking my view on um how much are we going to spend in ad revenue and how much is our ad spend and everything going to be especially with all the chaos going on with twitter and some yeah. of the meta stuff with like <laughs> what do you say the metaverse and all that Everyone wants to know how much are you know how much a company spending on ad revenue, and yeah. all of this ties back to how much budget do we have with everything coming yeah. in. So it's all interconnected. Plus, yeah. you know, turbulent times. Yeah, and, and I mean, go... I think you make a fair point. So it's not just budgets being uh, slashed. There's also there's changes in the channel landscape. You're right about that. Yeah. Um, and and I think we, uh, there's a third point which we could also make is even if you don't have your budget cut. Uh, there will be more scrutiny, right, on your budgeting process and how you defend your ask and so forth. So yeah, uh, and all also, this is to say. <laughs> we... Yeah, I also want to give a quick shout out to uh, the fact that um, Ian Bogost, who you might have heard of, has just recently put out an article saying uh, the death of social media. And if this is an interesting, if this is the case where we are, we also need to look at like how do channels and advert you know how do we advertise on these but, channels? You know, but yeah, that's that's an interesting. I, I don't want to pull us completely off track, but that's that's a very interesting discussion I had it last week where um, a partner firm of ours who we tap for sophisticated events, like if if you want to really do something crazy, um, big bigger pl national player here in the events market in Germany, they they said it's interesting. They they're busier than ever. And their uh, CEO sort of said to me, it's interesting how the physical stuff seems to be coming back. And I'm getting, I'm, you can't see it here, but I'm getting like some people already sending their Christmas greeting cards and stuff. It's, it's, 
you say the death of social media. I, I, I say let's have a discussion later on to contrast that with this interesting notion of real-world interpersonal experiences seem to be on a continued comeback. I mean, of course, there was an uptick after I, COVID, I right? Do because wanna, everybody like, had yeah was I, I, had 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 it with the with the lockdowns and with Zoom calls, but it it seems to continue. Like there is a physical mail, all that stuff coming back. Anyway, we, sorry. Oh yeah. So we will put this link in the show notes. It's essentially death yeah, of that's... social media is different from death of. So people need to understand the difference between a social network. Yeah. And a social media social network is all the connections and everything that you build. That's like a static thing. It's like a Rolodex that you have that you connect and do all that. I, I have, media, I have my social network. I don't need Facebook yeah. for that. Right. Yeah. And Facebook and, is the well, media that mediates it. So to speak. Yeah, no, everyone it. still needs a social network because that's how, you know, you meet your new contacts and get new leads and all that kind of stuff. That's still valid and relevant. It's a social media of like endless content and things yeah. like that. That's essentially like uh, dying. So yeah, but uh, read the article and yeah. we might discuss it on a future episode, but let's That's get back I'm, into I'm, the I'm going to put it in the show notes. Yeah. So, so there, there you have it. Uh, extra value added already. Although we, this was supposed to be an episode about budgets. So we let's let's get back to that. So I mean, yes. the, all all the intro we just did is, I think, the point of saying, let's maybe recap a good answer to the question: What do you need in terms of budget, or what's a good budget for your marketing efforts for for this practice or for this firm or so forth? Yeah. And I think um, we we would we could say it depends because it does. Right. Yeah. Uh, and end the podcast there. We have no way of saying what's a good budget for your firm, practice, marketing effort, whatever. Um, and we won't. But I think there are there are some general principles we wanted to walk you through, so to mm -hmm. speak. And and the first one I have on the list is just a slight mindset shift. Um, and we would encourage you to not build a budget. Right. Title title of this podcast be damned. Don't build a budget. Instead, make a business case um yeah. for each of the programs you're intending to drive right um slight that's just a slight twist but i think that's the right mindset to be in mm -hmm. and you mentioned a, a finance term earlier before we turn the mic on ash right which is called zero based budgeting it's budgeting yeah because um, um gone are the days where you know the business just throws you like millions and say hey go ahead and yeah. just mark it for us Right now, it's much more. Let's on a, let's throw our money at the right programs and everything that we need that align with our business strategy and our business case, rather than just you've got so much money now you can go ahead and do some stuff. Yeah. Which basically means that you need to be more, like usually what lots of people do in terms of innovation and marketing is they've got excess money and they will now do some key clear program whatever to drive more value yeah but instead now we got less money so you got to be innovative in how you spend it and this means readdress your strategy and look at it you know holistically or as you just got on screen from top down yeah and and i think that, that's an important point and something we agree with very much even if we don't i hadn't thought of this as zero-based budgeting but i think it's the same idea which is you just don't take the budget you had in the previous planning period and then add or subtract a percentage number right oh we're going to need five percent mm -hmm. less or more than last year no you you start from zero i think that's where the name comes from right and you sort of build up the budget from 
uh, first principles of, for, for, from objectives over programs and so forth. And I, I think that's what we recommend. And this goes to the point you just made with the top down. Um, you will have to look at the business strategy and the objectives in that. There will be expectations for marketing in there, typically. Right? Mm -hmm. Typical firm practice comes to you and says, look, we'd like to grow, I don't know, such and such many, so and so many percent next year. Mm -hmm. um, and if if they are more mature around marketing, which I've learned to not expect, they might even have it broken down into how much of that, like let's say they want to grow 20%, how many percentage points of those uh, should come from marketing versus expansion of existing accounts or maybe even M&A and stuff like that, right? So, yeah. but whatever the thing is, there will be an expectation for you to deliver against. And you got to look at that. That's that's how we start. We start top down. But this gets us into the next point. We don't take that as gospel, right? But we turn around <clears throat> and then do our own assessment. How achievable is this stuff? Because I don't know how what you see in your practice. I often see wildly unrealistic expectations. Um, or not often, I should say, but but often enough. Let's say it's not uncommon mm -hmm. for the business to expect you to drive. I don't know, uh, fifteen twenty percent growth based on budgets, which just they're just not feasible for for that type of number. What I definitely see is a lot of people just try to do the same thing that they did before <clears throat> and just say that they need money, and it's the whole add and subtract kind of stuff. Uh, it's very few people look at the whole thing and say. Right. If we stop doing this, what's the difference? What yeah. impact does that do for us? If we start doing this, what do we do? Like the whole thing is we do need to look at the business objective. Then we need to start doing napkin strategy and napkin mathematics here and look at like, right, what do I need to do to build the pipeline of funnel and build the right kind of like yeah. <clears throat> growth that we need? Do I, I, and what do I, and if I don't do this, does it change anything? So sometimes for certain things, you might need to take a pause. So rather than building out a budget for an entire year, my recommendation in the first case is build your history. Build and make it on like a three-month basis. Just because you've done something doesn't mean that you need to keep doing it. You may have some data that validates that, yes, this this is something that you absolutely need to do and this is how you do it. But for other stuff, pause, see if there's any reason to continue on this. Yeah. And if you see that you're still managing the business objectives and everything, then just shelve it, shelve it for now, and then bring it back when there's, oh, there's more money or more time to experiment on older stuff. Yeah. Everything's cyclical after all. Yeah. I think so, and and just um, a point with the point of the history. So I think the idea when I when I say, or sorry, to to just get back really quick to validate or do your own reality check against those business objectives. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned the, you mentioned history. Um, I agree. If you have history, historic history, historic data in the firm to to uh, use and assess the objectives, um, then uh, use that. If you don't uh try and find industry benchmarks i'll i'll make this very practical in a, in a second um although you've got to you know these need to be always need to be taken with a grain 
of salt or two because they're benchmarked, mm -hmm. so it's dangerous territory. But you, sh you should have some incline of, um, of what's feasible and then be able to use, careful, I'm plugging an episode, mm -hmm. uh, unit economics, right? Um, to, to, to get a feeling of, is the, are these objectives even achievable for us as a firm? So here, here's my example. If you have a growth target for revenue in percent, that should be able, you should be able to say, uh, that's a dollar amount of X. And again, referencing our unit economics episode, if you, if you can say, typically, uh, net new clients, uh, generate, generate revenue, a median revenue for us as a firm of Y, right? So we have, I need X amount of dollars. I get Y per new client. So now you have a feeling of how mm -hmm. many clients you need to bring in as the marketing team. And then you can go through the rest of your numbers, right? How many leads do you need for this and that? And and this is to, to make this very practical. Here's where it often breaks down in practice. I've, I've seen uh, firms which, and I'm going to, to fake the numbers here, but it's the same principle. It's the same principle. So they give their marketing team an expectation of bringing in leads for webinars, right? Just to make it very tactical and say, look, um, we need about uh, 50 leads a month uh, in this webinar. And here's a here's an advertising budget of $1,000 for you to do this. Um, and we go into the ad management systems of the various platforms and quickly find out that for their target audience, the cost per lead is somewhere between uh, 80 and 150 euros each. Mm -hmm. So that's already pretty difficult then right 50 leads with that budget and i haven't even spent a dime on uh on creating creative other... and all these things so, yeah. so it's these kinds of checks you want to run uh to make sure that there's no glaring gaps if if there are um i don't know either escalate right away or shelve it for now i, I don't know um i i usually i try to shelve it and then go into planning and try and try to show how much more money i'd need with a bit of scenario planning to, to close the gaps, but it's good at this point in time to just check, are there any gaps? Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. Next, sorry, we, we go into reviewing the channels and programs. This is what you also are, are alluded, alluded early on, to right? Earlier, yeah, like the thing is, there's going to be a change, shift in how you, you know, how, should I, how you tactically approach this whole thing. You got your strategy, you're building your tactics. And this time, because of changes in market, because of changes in channels and all these things, see what you need to do, see what can be shelved, see where you can go and make sure that whatever you do, wherever you, you know, wherever you go, it's aligned to your goals, that you're not just there because everyone is there. That doesn't mean anything. You got to look at like, is this, is this the right place for me? Just because everyone is on something doesn't mean that's the best way to market something for you. So you got to like, look at it from that. Yeah, like, <clears throat> just like you said, this is again, the next, the other step where we look back, right? We've done the high level look at are these objectives feasible looking into historic data. And now we look at the program level and try to establish how helpful was this program in the past? Right? Yeah. We still have a target in terms of revenue, maybe leads, whatever. So which of the things we do perform best against these objectives, right? Was LinkedIn better than Instagram? Did our events help us a great deal, blah, blah, blah. Depending on where you are um, in terms of marketing maturity or how good the data of your firm is, there will always be issues. It's, it's very difficult, I know it, mm -hmm. to get a precise feeling. But you should even sort of back of a napkin type calculations. You should be able to at least get, get a hunch of 
what the best performing things and to your earlier point which which things could i potentially pause or even kill yeah. and then and as you're doing that you need to now look at how much do you need to invest in these programs yeah. and how much do you need to do to get the kind of results that you want yeah. which comes straight forward because this is the, the activity where you look at the channels see where you get the investment result the return on investment yeah cost out your programs and then you know but you know and then yeah. go with it then of course go ahead Flo. no this, this is exactly right sorry i was just gonna say so this is exactly the thing is you prioritize and then you put you start putting either you already have a plan and that's mm -hmm. you sort of determined that already and now you just need to put the dollar figures against it right or you start to put the plan together as you're doing the program review. This, the idea is the same, right? You, mm -hmm. you more budget gets allocated to the stuff that works better. It's really is that simple. It's quote unquote that simple, right? Of course, determining what works better is, is the tricky part. Um, and again, to maybe bring that, and this is where also um, this is where uh, I then also this this takes us into the next step is I really click into the programs and and try to cost out the activities. On, on a program level. So, and sometimes I say channel, sometimes I say program. I tend to use those synonymously. They're not exactly the same. Sticking with my previous example, if the consultancy wants to fill seats and webinars, and let's not discuss how helpful and objective it is, it's just, it's just a real life case. They don't have a lot of money for just uh, bringing in the leads through lead advertising, right? Paid, paid stuff. They could do organic. Okay, so fine, have a think about it. How many more? LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever posts do we need based on history, historic data we might have, or how much do we expect to need to, to fill our seats? And if that means we have to triple <laughs> the number of times we engage our marketplace by posting or emailing them or whatever, yeah. um, note that down and, and cost it out. Also check it against the constraints you have. If you're a two person team and you have a bazillion things to do already, uh doubling the output on linkedin might not be feasible right you might need yeah, extra money for this you might need to hire mm, someone so this is the time where you figure this out like no and as you say flo this is where you you know do your scenario planning and stuff this is where you look at like what makes sense what doesn't make sense rather than just go with the flow yeah and build a smaller business case on top of your older business case so that you know <clears throat> think about it like you've got your overall business case for you know overarching strategy and you've now got business cases per program yeah i would that's 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 how i typically like to start which is this what we're discussing now i'm, I'm costing the activities mm -hmm. out per program and then i start building out the the business case for each program so mm -hmm. i say let's okay linkedin we want to hit this contributes such and such uh, or send so much to the overall results, right? I don't know if you typically get, so mm -hmm. this is how much money we wanna put in to get these results. And this should be the returns based on, and this is, this by the way is where I, what I when I say scenario planning, typically my scenarios are about expected success rates. Like what's a good conversion rate, right? What a good click-through mm -hmm. rates, these types of things. And if, if you don't know how to do those, maybe that's a separate episode or we need to, do a really practical walkthrough. But the basic idea I usually follow is, um, and again, I, be, be careful of industry benchmarks, but you can find stuff like um, uh, conversion success rates by industry. And then I build out for each of the programs to say, what if we are significantly below industry average for conversions, right? Let's say half of it. 
what if we are at benchmark or what if we are twice as good as everybody else for that could be an example right and so you yep. put the thing together and then you have a investment requirement and an expected return for your program programs being organic social uh, our newsletter Mm -hmm. uh the webinar series we're planning the all these types of things sometimes there's a bit of an overlap because yes the webinar of, of course will also leverage linkedin as an advertising channel so but um tr I, I try to bundle at the program level and um build out the business cases like that i think this and is where we put in a caveat sorry no i was also thinking when you're looking at program look at the lives you know life cycle stages, something that we don't really yeah, do in exactly. marketing is we don't look at the program life cycle management, which you do in like a business. And maybe you should start looking at it from a marketing scale as well to understand where everything sits, you know? Yeah. Well, you got the absolute right because you got to, um, what, what Ash, I think what you mean by life cycle stages is you got to be clear. It's just a program we've run. Mm -hmm. A number of years and we're very familiar with the stuff and so the assumptions we're making and the data that we put here to build the business case is very very robust right mm -hmm. maybe your firm yeah. has done a newsletter forever and you know exactly what's happening there or is this something that's very new and actually more of an experiment so and and you should just make that clear in your mm -hmm. just you know be explicit about it and also um let that inform your scenario planning. Like if I'm starting a TikTok channel in 2023 and it's the first time we're doing it, I'm not going to yeah. presume in, we're hitting industry benchmark conversion rates. I'm just mm -hmm. not going to do that, especially, especially not as my base case. Probably that's the most optimistic scenario. And I say, what if we are 30% as good as everybody else? What if we are 10% as good as everybody else as my other scenarios? Because there's a learning curve. However, if we have a, a, a really... A newsletter that's already crushing it, of course, I'm going to be much more optimistic with my projections. That's the idea, right? Be, just be clear yeah. about not all programs are created equal, and you've got to differentiate that in your suggestions. I think the, the obvious step from this, now we have business cases per program, um, mm -hmm. uh, which also, by the way, makes it very clear how, we, how we'll track success. So that's nice. Um, now we can roll this back up, right? We take all the mini programs to, to your early point, Ash, because we still need the overall budget, right? Okay, take the yeah. take the programs, roll it back up into a number, and uh, maybe you can pull the scenarios through if they are comparable, right? If mm -hmm. you always have worst case, base case, best case, something like that, that gives you three figures to go with, and then and then maybe show um, what the what the results might be. Um, there might be cases where it's a bit more difficult depending on how your scenario stuff works. And uh, then you just give a range for the budget and, and uh, uh, have a discussion about it. With, with yeah, and I would also say you don't always need extra budget to do this. Sometimes you just need to use the budget that you save. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you just need to rethink what you're doing in a slightly new way. And yeah. that's where it comes in. It's not necessarily about investing new money. It's about rethinking what you're doing. Yeah. And I think just just some some uh, this is not in the notes here, but but I wanted to throw it in some some high level ideas for sort of validating your budget once you have it, right? Your, mm -hmm. Or your business case, we should say. Um, I think some principles Ash and I like to play with is a majority of the money you're spending should go towards uh, demand creation efforts. Right. Yeah. So 60, 75, 80%, whatever versus demand capture efforts, a demand capture effort in my 
you, for mm -hmm. example, would be a webinar, would be a workshop offering, would be a mm -hmm. invite only uh, registered attendees only event, these types of things. Yeah. Whereas, whereas your LinkedIn program probably is, is um, awareness creating. So, so that's one one thing, and um, the other thing uh, is uh, when we say budget, when we say dollar in in these contexts. I always like to show the total number, the overall budget, which in my world, and you might have different different opinion here, which in my world is everything. So marketing team salary, uh, consultants, unbillable hours, like the internal opportunity cost your team incurs as they support marketing initiatives. And then of course the actual program spend, like money you give, yeah. you spend on ads and stuff. By the way, um, if you have an agency, the agency fee, uh, I, I usually treat the same as in-house salaries. I, I don't know if that's best practice or coming. I'd just say marketing salaries is everybody who works here and every freelancer and every agency whatnot put together. And, uh, and then that's that. And you can, by the way, you can also find industry benchmarks for what the typical split is in this area and I have forgotten. So I got to <laughs> find it and put it in the show notes. I think it's 60, 40 or something, six, you know, 60 yeah, salary and stuff and 40% program spend. So these, there are some numbers which you can use to check the budget once you've built it against to see if you're at or above benchmark, maybe you're more aggressive in closing. So yeah. Are you, no, are you taking the closing just... point with the innovation? Because you you said that earlier, and you were... no, I mean no, I I think more than innovation, I want to like close on something else. Okay, like we all you've talked about capture, you talked about generation. These are healthy metrics. In marketing, we also talk about retention. Bear in mind, if you're spending so much money and everything in retention, something within the business is failing. Retention is good, but spending more money on retaining. Is an, is an indication of poor health. And that's when you need your marketers who've been working on all the retention stuff to sit with the business and look at all the things that are common in area. And once you have that discussion, yeah. then you can find, then you'll really need to like figure out where to pivot. We can't talk about this in another episode, but this is something that, you know, um, I've yeah. come across uh, as I've been like doing a little more deep dive into like, I, I like when do things fail and that's important and to note in this kind of climate so, so what you're saying is if marketing has to spend on bells and whistles to entertain existing clients and keep them happy something is maybe broken with the actual client experience as in the service delivery and we should be checking that instead of spending yes, marketing because you'll artists. find very you'll find that all the things that they have to say the words that they come up with uh maybe conversations with analysts, conversations with like the clients, conversations with like the market, yeah. you'll find trends. And these are trends that there is something not healthy with the business. Retention is good to a certain degree. Beyond that, it's a mark of poor health and the business needs to take atten pay attention to that. Yeah. Closing comment as we wrap this up and for the weekend um well, it's a bit early for that actually um so closing comment um of the the business case you're building the money you're putting together um there's sh you should ask you should a robust case where you have high confidence in that'll help you hit the goals you've been given mm -hmm. right 
and you should that should have a sticker price. So you should build the budget to that, and then you should ask for a little bit extra. And here's why. Uh, Ash mentioned it earlier on. You need to innovate in marketing as well, right? You need money to mm -hmm. maybe give a new software to a try, uh, pay yourself, or pay, you know have incur opportunity costs to have someone in-house work on a playbook or devise a process or clean up some stuff. So it can't be a hundred percent spend and all given away for just, you know, running the programs or keeping the lights on as it were. Um, the smartest firms, the smartest marketing teams I work with, they also set a little bit of budget aside for um, in-house innovation, just improving, strengthening the marketing function, even if it's for stuff as seemingly little and obvious, like being able to pay to send people on trainings and stuff. But you sh that, that should be in there. Don't forget it. Otherwise, you'll hurt yourself in the long run, right? You, you might be delivering against objectives this year, the next year, and so forth. But you'll yeah. be falling behind in the long run if you don't have the ability to spend money, time, effort on improving the actual inner workings of, of your marketing team. That's it. Also, bear in mind, you don't need to do it every year. You can't yeah. pause it sometimes. You could, but um, I, I, I'm always, I, I tend to warn against it because if you pause it once, you'll be asked to pause it again. So if you, if you can, no, that's can... that's that's people who think short term. If you're thinking on this, you got to think. If you're pausing yeah. now, you say if you're pausing now only for this period. You, as a marketer, you have to be future facing. Yeah. You can't be sitting there just analyzing the past data. You got to look forward. Yeah, and um, I think that. Um, in terms of uh, defending that, you should be making a business case for that as well. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. You probably uh, won't be able to put um, a dollar return figure against it, but it's not forbidden to have uh, soft factors in the business case, like saying, uh, you know, we'll be able to constantly uh, stay on top of all the channels. We'll be very well able to optimize our own programs without outside help. Uh, and our people will be motivated, right? Um, it's it's a it's a it's a people retention point as well. Uh, it's easier to hire marketers if they think your team is a place to build a great career, and having a budget for training and innovation does do that. So, mm -hmm. anyways, there we have it. Let's I'll try to rush through the notes again and recapping it. Don't build. Don't just build a budget. Build a business case. Right. Start with the top-down strategic objectives for your team, which validate those, and then build back against them from the bottom up, from the program level. Build program business cases, plan and scenarios. Right. What if we do at benchmark uh, better than, worse than this type of thing? Roll this back together, and and you should have a very robust number um, to discuss with leadership. And uh, also, oh, I forgot to mention that the program by program thing also has gives you the benefit that if they say, well, but you still, you can't have the entire sum, right? 25,000 still have to come out of your budget. You can maybe take a look and just kill the weakest program. Do you know what I mean? Like it's because it's yeah. pack, packaged in that way. Sometimes it's easier to say, okay, um, let's just kill a program or uh, it's easy to go in and, and reduce the scale. Um, oh, sorry, it's it's easier than going in and reducing the scale on certain efforts because that then changes the model, right? If I half the number of blog posts because I got to save money, well, that's going to hurt results, right? And then I'm back in my model again and and seeing how to make the results happen. So that's that's that could be tricky. Anyways, 
I'm rambling, uh, which is a good sign that we should stop. Ash. Uh, yes. A, and so <laughs> have a let's, great weekend. <laughs> yeah. Let's speak to you guys next time. Until have then, a normal yes. one, despite budgeting season. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll we'll catch you next week. Hopefully, I'm gonna stop the recording here. Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us. 